4: The, the hammer sitting next to her, and you had left it. Did yeah. you touch anything?
5: No, I did not touch anything. I touched her. I shook her a little bit. Okay. All
4: right. One moment. You're doing really well. So the last time you had seen her is what time?
5: Uh, probably two weeks, three weeks ago.
4: Two or three weeks ago. Okay. And you said she returned today.
5: Uh, I don't know when she came back, but she was supposed to go back. Uh, she was supposed to go to work today at nine o'clock, and her husband called me from Connecticut to say she didn't show up at work, and she's not answering her phone. And he checked her, uh, uh, he tried calling, tried calling, he he was going to call her mom, and he said, "Uh, if you're swinging by, can you swing by, and I knocked on the front door, and nobody answered, the lights were on, I could see her purses uh, on the countertop, and she didn't answer, I pounded, pounded, and he gave me the key code to get into the garage door, I opened the garage door, and and the door leading to it was open. One of the dogs ran out. I don't know if he left or not. And, uh, and I walked in, I just opened up the door, walked in the door, and she put on the floor.
1: A 911 call made by the doctor that worked with a, a gorgeous young mom, Dr. Teresa Seavers, the mom of two little girls, runs her own practice, a fixture in the community, all into women's wellness, many times speaking and working for free to help other people. The husband and the two little girls away in Connecticut when mom is murdered in their Florida home there in Bonita Springs. What happened? Joining me, Jason Oceans, New York defense attorney, Jeff Cortezi, former FBI special agent, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum, the medical examiner for the state of Florida, Dr. Tim Gallagher, renowned psychoanalyst out of L.A., Dr. Bethany Marshall, and right now to Amanda Hall. Reporter with WINK-TV, Fort Myers. The crime scene photos and full evidence can be found at CrimeOnline.com as we analyze the brutal murder of Dr. Teresa Seavers. Amanda Hall, Dr. Teresa Seavers and husband Mark Severs, seemingly very devoted were swingers?
6: Yeah, Nancy. That was quite
1: a shock. Okay, and just hold on. Dr. Bethany Marshall, you are a psychoanalyst. I'm going to let you explain the term swingers and why anybody would bother to get married if you want to, quote, swing. Well, the swingers are a sexual subculture. Usually couples
7: or single women, single men, are not allowed to be a part of swingers' organizations where the couple essentially has an open relationship and each couple has their own arrangement. Um, some have arrangements that the husband or wife can have uh, sexual partners while away from each other. And some have arrangements where they they can only have group sex and group situations. So they hook up with other couples and have you know, four sons, five sons, things like that. But in my clinical practice, what I see with the swingers community is usually the desire to be a part of it is driven by the man, not the woman. It's, it's been rare that I've ever treated a couple who claim to be swingers where the woman really endorsed the arrangement.
1: You know, I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Bethany, because Cheryl McCollum, just as Dr. Bethany has just said, when one partner wants that and the other one doesn't, I mean, why bother marching down the aisle and taking all those vows if you want to quote date other people? And that's certainly putting perfume on the pig.
8: When this type of thing is introduced, after the marriage or sometimes even before it's a very clever way to figure out how to cheat on your wife without her being able to call it cheat. that's what it
1: is well i agree with you uh, but i want to get back to the fact uh, you know what i never went back to amanda hall wink tv fort myers investigative reporter amanda you said there were rumors you've been investigating the case do you think they're true? I mean, let me, I'm not going to ask your opinion on that. Was there evidence to support the rumors?
6: Well, Mark Seavers in his interview uh, with investigators said that they were swingers, you know, talked about the lifestyle. You know, was that a tactic to say, look over here, uh, look at this? Um, you know, was that something that they really engaged in regularly? You know, I report on on the facts. I don't report on rumors. Have I heard rumors? Yes, I have, Nancy.
1: You know what? Let's go back. Rather than speculate about what they were doing with the digital sex calendar and the swinging and the this and the that and the whining about their sex life, I don't know what to make about that. But I do know what to think of a crime scene. Take a listen to the first person on the scene other than the killer.
4: You were there because they asked you to take care of the house. Is that correct?
5: Uh, Mark, her husband, called me. Say, uh, please, uh, can you check on her? Because it's not like her not to show up to work and be late.
4: Okay, so, uh, and I know you told me before, but when, um, after he called to check on his wife because of she wasn't at work. Correct. All right,
5: in, in I only talked to him one. Okay. And he, he, gave me the, he gave me the code number, he sounded a little, you know. <laughs> Whatever. And he received a call good. from work
4: saying she wasn't there? I, I, I don't
5: know. Okay, that's fine. You know, he's, he, he's her office manager.
4: Oh, she's the office manager of his business?
5: No, he's the office manager of her medical practice. Okay. Yeah.
4: And where is he right now?
5: Yeah, I believe he's in Connecticut. That's what he told me. Okay,
4: let me understand
1: that. To Amanda Hall, WINK tv Fort Myers, so the husband, I thought a coworker, had the doctor, the, the co-doctor go to the home. But now I'm hearing in the 911 call, the husband up in Connecticut calls Dr. Petrites to go check on her. Is that correct?
6: Yeah, that's right. Um, she sent Mark, her husband, a text message um, letting him know that she had gotten in safe the night before. Um, and it appears to be the last communication that they had. She flew home early from this family trip um, while he stayed up in Connecticut with her family and their two daughters. She came back early so that she could see patients on Monday morning. And so when she didn't show up, uh, you know, the people in her office got concerned and Mark couldn't get in touch with her. And so he sends this guy over to check on her and see why she didn't show.
1: Okay, so they called him and he had someone go, there. Okay. You know, I, I, another thing. I, I want to f- follow up on this whole entry and exit from the home. Take a listen to what else we learned on the nine one one
5: call. And there's a big bash in the back of her head.
4: Okay. Is the vehicle at her house or no?
5: The vehicle is at her house. Yes. In the garage. The garage door was closed.
4: Okay. When you left, did you left the same way you entered, or did you leave the front door?
5: No, no, no. I just, I, I touched her and I just freaked out and I walked outside.
4: Okay, when you walked outside, did you walk out the front door or did you walk back out no. the garage door?
5: Back out the garage door. And I uh, I closed the door because the dog's right there. So I did touch the handle.
4: That's all right. You just went through the, I'm sorry, I, just a moment.
5: Yes. Yeah.
4: So you, went, I'm sorry, you just um, went through the front door or the garage door? I'm, I'm very sorry. What did you say to I went through the garage,
5: okay, through the garage door. Okay, that's fine.
4: You entered. The,
9: you exited the same door. That's fine. Yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zin pouch in is you. Zin is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zin pairs well with you. Visit Zin.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zin. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: taking a close look at how this whole thing went down but as according to Amanda Hall W.I.N.K. TV Fort Myers he himself Mark Seavers claims the family the two of them were quote swingers having sex outside the marriage. Amanda Hall uh, W.I.N.K. TV Fort Myers what can you tell me about neighbors that heard them arguing. That must have been a heck of a fight for neighbors to be able to hear it.
6: Yeah, we've heard from neighbors. We've heard from patients um, of hers in her office. We've heard from a lot of people that the Seavers had loud arguments. You know, she's been described as as a tiny little woman, but dynamite in a small package. She could be very feisty, um, yelling at, at her husband or you know, getting angry with with people in her office, some of her staff as well.
1: Well, you know, that's interesting. Dr. Bethany Marshall, I mean, (laughs) I remember when I first, you know, actually let me go to you on this, Cheryl McCollum, because you remember it, having worked with me in the trenches for so long. When I first went to the district attorney's office, I would say, when I picked up my phone in my office, Fulton County District Attorney's Office, Nancy Grace, how can I help you? By the end of that almost 11 years, I'd just say, D.A., I was so exhausted with the overload of cases and burned, just trying to keep up with the massive crush of cases to take on trial and do the right thing by everyone. I mean, you've got this woman in her own medical practice, and she's got girls. They're children, they're little, they're tots. And she's supporting the husband. And yes, Jason Essence, I know he's the office manager, but. The stress must have been incredible. It's
8: got to be overwhelming. Plus, she seems to me, if she's being called the Oprah Winfrey of Florida, she's a perfectionist. She's on her game all the time. She's on TV. She's out in the public. She's doing all this good work. So if she's got a partner that maybe's not pulling his weight, it may
7: just Get to her
1: on a different level. Okay, so what about it? Do Dr. Bethy Marshall, psychoanalyst, weigh in? Well, first
7: of all, she's the one with the hammer in the back of the head. Okay, so let's just be clear that even if you're a bitch, even if you're angry, even if you fight with your husband all the time, you don't deserve to have a hammer in the back of your head. But secondly, sometimes people act crazy, but that doesn't mean they are crazy. It means that they are in what we call a crazy-making situation. So it could be that her husband was engaging in some kind of emotional subterfuge, manipulating her they were swingers kind of coursing her into an open relationship he's breezing in and out of the office she's working her tail off and maybe she was really angry maybe she was boiling over maybe she's one of these people who even though she was all into this holistic practice it was a cover-up for the fact that she didn't know herself very well sometimes when people are all into this sort of clean living and spiritual and energy and vibes. It's because they are very angry underneath and they are defending against all that anger by trying to grasp onto some theory that will make them feel better. But this could have been what we call a crazy-making relationship. It was making her crazy.
1: Well, aside from the relationship, remember the husband's up in Connecticut when she is murdered the neighborhood, the community, on alert. Take a listen to our friend Rena Neenan.
8: Authorities say they are actively pursuing leads in this ongoing homicide investigation and have reminded neighbors to lock their doors. Everybody in the neighborhood wants to know why, how, when, you know, Who found her? Uh, Who called 911? While the community and police search for answers, her mourning family, including eight and 11 year old daughters, hope to carry on her life's mission. We have to be strong because Teresa was
10: strong. And every time I start to cry, I hear her telling me, knock it off. Teresa cared about everybody. She was passionate. Her motto was, if you want to get healthy, I'm passionate
1: about getting you there. So the neighborhood, the community on alert. But I've got a big question. It hit me all of a sudden to Jeff Cortezi, former FBI, isn't there about $4.3 million life insurance on Teresa Seaver's life?
2: There, There is. Uh, that that was my understanding as well. And obviously that's going to stand out to investigators. Uh, one of the things that they're going to be looking into is when that, that policy was taken out, if there were adjustments made to it recently, uh, if there were changes in beneficiaries. All, all of that's going to play significantly into the investigative process.
1: So what about Amanda Hall? What can you tell me, uh, investigative reporter, WINK-TV, about the life insurance?
6: Yeah, we know that the life insurance policies, I think there were five of them, uh, totaled $4.4 4 million. Um, and we know that, that money was a motivator here, according to investigative documents, you know, by – Accounts we've heard, um, despite having this large, beautiful home and this medical practice, this family was living essentially paycheck to paycheck. They had um, a significant uh, IRS lien on, on their home. Um, so that's one of the first things that really catches your attention is the insurance money for
1: i thought it was 4.3 you're telling me it's 4.4 million dollars yeah
6: 4.4 million wow wow
1: okay a- a- amazing to me that is a lot of money to jason oceans uh renowned defense attorney jason is that normal 4.4 million dollars life insurance policy follow the money All
3: right follow the money you know it's uh it- it's good to look at it on the flip side i mean the it- everything we've been talking about there, you know, open relationship, closed relationship, our aggressiveness, non-aggressiveness, theories about that. You know, they were in financial trouble. Uh, and, uh, you know, the background of the relationship and par uh, being driven and uh, his frustrations, as he documented in his uh, in his journal, uh, the money. Uh, so, you know, there it is, four point four million. So maybe. Maybe the open relationship is a smokescreen to it all.
1: But as Amanda Hall is saying, they owed so much money. There was a lien on their home, even though she was bringing in, you know, a titan share of money. Still, they owed a lot of money, and they're raising twins. But then everything changes with just one look. Take a listen to Erin Moriarty. Eight
10: days after Dr. Teresa Sievers was murdered, Friends and family came together for her funeral. Almost all her patients were there. I was
11: numb. As we were going down to try to get to the casket, we were seeing her sisters on one side. And the look that we were getting wasn't a look of um, sadness, it was a look of hatred.
10: Frank Hayes and his wife Sandra say the look didn't just come from Dr. Seaver's sisters. They were getting the same look from the grieving widower.
11: I hugged him. I, what do you say? I said, Mark, I am so sorry. I don't have words to say to you. And he squeezed me so tight, and nothing came out of his mouth. Then Sandra hugged him. And when Mark hugged Sandra, his teeth gritted. And it wasn't nothing of sorrow or sadness. The look was hatred. I stepped back. I said, Holy.
1: Now, it's amazing to me, you know, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst. I remember fighting tooth and nail to get evidence in at a trial that a husband refused to pay for his wife's funeral. And in that same case, when the husband was confronted by the family pastor who came into the hospital room when the wife was in a coma from a fire, I asked the preacher did he, the husband, ever ask you to pray for his wife to live? Well, the answer, of course, was no. And I thought the judge was just going to do a backflip. I think demeanor is very, very important. And the fact that somebody says he has a hateful look on his face, that, that concerns me.
7: Nancy, that behavioral evidence is so important. My dad was a Baptist minister. I've gone to so many funerals, and the grieving widow or widower almost asks, acts like a host, you know, hugging people, crying on their shoulders, you know, sharing condolences. They're grateful that other people have shown up at the funeral. So I think it's strange that he has such a hateful look. And Nancy, just to backtrack to one very small detail, and I do not know how this fits in with the whole story, but I looked at those bloody crime scene photos that you have um, on your website on Crime Online. That kitchen was very outdated. It looked like a kitchen from the 1960s. It looked like they didn't have the money to update anything. And a $4.3 million life insurance policy and a house that's falling apart and bills that are not being paid is such a strange ju- juxtaposition. And it just—it was the first thing that, that struck me at, about the crime scene photo, even more than the blood. If she's making so much money, what is going on with their finances?
1: Then, out of the blue, we find out about another player in the scenario. Listen to this.
10: On the morning of June 27, 2015, Wainwright got into a rental car in Hillsborough, Missouri, and then went to pick up Jimmy Ray Rogers. And then the two men took off for the 1,100-mile ride to Bonita Springs, Florida. After driving all day and all night on Sunday, June 28. Wayne and Jimmy arrived at the Seavers home, the Benita Springs address. It's all right there in the GPS.
9: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
10: Jimmy arrived at the Seavers home, the Bonita Springs address. It's all right there in the GPS, a digital footprint for investigators. When Jimmy and Wayne arrived around 6 a.m., authorities believe they turned off the house alarm. That may explain why Mark's mother, Bonnie, was so confused about the alarm system.
9: I wasn't there at 6.09 in the morning. He was turning off at 6.09. He was in there. That's what we're trying to work
4: on. Oh,
10: for. my God. Then, according to the GPS, Jimmy and Wayne left the Seavers' home and typed in another address for a Walmart to do some shopping.
1: Our friend Erin Moriarty. But as of yet, nothing unusual about a high school friend coming to house sit while they're away. But who exactly are Wayne Wright and Jimmy Ray? It
10: just didn't make sense. Wayne and Mark had grown up together in Missouri. Wayne was at Teresa's funeral. He had celebrated Mark and Teresa's wedding with them. And just two months before the murder, Mark had been Wayne's best man at his wedding. Wayne was also quite literally a familiar face around the office. Did you two know Wayne right? How did you know him? He was the computer guy that looked just like Mark. Wayne would travel from Missouri to Florida to work on the computers in Dr. Seaver's office.
11: How would you describe Wayne? He was geeky. All he wanted to do
2: was get the computers up and running, focused.
10: But to me, he just seemed like a very geeky creepster. Did he make you nervous? A little bit. I can't explain it. It's just a woman's intuition. How would you describe Mark and Wayne's relationship? They appear to be close friends. Yeah.
11: You always says he's my brother from another mother. Yeah, that was his lingo.
1: Our friends at 48 Hours, and i got to tell you something. When I look at Wayne Wright's photo, he looks exactly like Mark Seavers. They really do look like brothers. And, you know, the reality is having your friend that's working in your office, helping with the computer system come house sit while you're away is not unusual. What makes it unusual is that they were there at the home The morning, Seavers is murdered. Now, this also is a red flag. They bought, among other things, trash bags,
10: flushable wet wipes, black towels, black shoes, and a lock picking kit. They paid cash for their purchase with a $100 bill.
1: Cheryl McCollum, director of Cold Case Research Institute. Did you hear that shopping list?
8: Nancy, it physically makes me sick. Let me tell you what jumped out at me. 30-gallon trash bags, wet wipes, and black towels. If it turns out they had anything to do with this crime, they knew it was going to be bloody. They selected that. They chose that. We're not going to strangle her. We're going to bash her head in with a ball
1: pane hammer. Sheryl sure, called the significance of black towels. The
8: blood's not going to show up if you're transporting a minute out of the house.
1: But what's so bizarre about this is who is Jimmy Ray Rogers. We know who Wayne Wright is. Listen to this.
10: 1,100 miles away in Missouri seemed to come out of the blue. Mark's stepmother, Jenny Weckelman. Why? You know, what's going on? just seemed like such a disconnect. No one had ever heard of the suspect, Jimmy Ray Rogers, but it was the mugshot of the other suspect, Wayne Wright, that struck everyone. He had an uncanny resemblance to the victim's husband, Mark Seavers. They look alike.
5: At least in pictures, they look like twins. That's when I started to believe, you know, that definitely there is not something right with with Curtis Wayne Wright.
10: As it turns out, Curtis Wayne wright he goes by Wayne, was no stranger to Mark's family. He was Mark's very good friends from ages and ages, so I didn't believe it.
1: I didn't. Who is this guy, Wayne Wright? You hear Aaron Moriarty asking the same question. Amanda Hall, TV Fort Myers. I know he was a longtime, as in childhood, friend of the husband, Mark Seaver's. He lives all the way in Missouri. I, I don't understand why you have to bring a friend from Missouri into house it, but the reality is he also worked in their medical office. He was in charge of the whole computer system, but I got very concerned when I found out there were reports Wayne Wright had bugged the office computers.
6: Yeah, Nancy, I will never forget you know, going to a press-up conference when the Lee County Sheriff was announcing these arrests in this horrific case, it seemed like, you know, an agonizing, you know, two months before we found out. Um, and hearing these two names and hearing Missouri, um, I remember members of the media were all looking at each other like, huh? You know, it was not even, you know, people from Florida. So then exactly right. You, you connect Wainwright. Okay. He is the childhood friend of Mark Seaver's Uh, people in the office knew him as the computer guy. He came in and and worked on all of their computers and did all kinds of stuff for him in the office. So he was known to some people in the office. But when you hear from some of her friends who attended her funeral and saw him for the first time, they thought that it was Mark's brother. You know, they thought, oh, good, he does have someone. He does have some family here. He does have a sibling um, to be with him during this time of grief. And then to find out later that, no, it's not his brother, and, yes, it's the person who killed Teresa, people are are so freaked out by that.
1: You know, to Jeff Cortese, former FBI special agent, how can you tell if a computer has been bugged?
2: Yeah, so for, it depends on how it was bugged or, you know, was it video, was it audio, was it uh, copying uh, material off the computer itself? But, you know, there are forensic experts, computer experts that w- would be able to uh, dismantle the computer and identify if something um, external was put into the computer and or if there was some kind of ransomware or some other kind of technology that was was uh, siphoning information.
1: Once the police discovered that the office computers have been bugged, they head straight to the computer guy who lives in Hillsborough, Missouri. Listen.
10: Back in June 2015, practically everyone in Hillsboro, Missouri, knew that Wainwright was planning a weekend trip out of town it wasn't long before police got a tip that Wayne had been in Florida at the time of Dr. Seaver's murder. And he hadn't gone there alone. He went with his jailhouse pal, Jimmy the Hammer Rogers.
5: He had actually told me a couple weeks before that, that he might be going to Florida. Jimmy's boss, Jeff Conway. Uh, He told me a story that his brother had graduated from uh, law school and that he had invited Jimmy down to Florida for the weekend,
11: uh, all expenses paid.
10: But he told his pregnant girlfriend, Taylor Shoemaker, another story, that he was going out of town for a few days to work with Wayne. Detectives from Florida arrived in Hillsboro, Missouri, weeks after Jimmy and Wayne returned from their trip. They confronted Wayne about that tip placing him in Florida. He shut them down. But a
1: GPS exposed a lot of what they needed to know. Did anybody notice the nickname Jimmy the Hammer Rogers? To Jason Ocean's New York Defense Attorney, that's unfortunate. Uh, she's murdered with a ball-peen hammer, a claw hammer, uh, and I will never forget trying a murder case. And the defendant came into court with the word, the letters Hitman number 1 shaved into the back of his head okay i was so happy i immediately moved all of my posters and all of my stuff that i was going to show the jury to the other side of the defense table so the defendant would have to keep turning around and looking at it so the jury could see the back of his head i was i could not have been happier in that moment
3: that's outstanding that's a Nancy, that's that's uh, that's uh, shrewd lawyering right there. You got to love when the uh, defendant walks in already <laughs> helping you convict him without just just by showing up with uh, whatever tattoo or <laughs> you know hair cutting into his head. Perfect.
1: And you know, we would be reading that out in when you, at the beginning when you strike a jury, you've got to read the indictment out loud. The prosecutor does in front of the jury, and I would be reading, aka the hammer. Pause, pause, look around the courtroom, and then keep reading. How the hay did it get here? Listen to Mark Seaver's stepsister. Mark
10: met his future wife in 2003 when he was visiting St. Petersburg, Florida.
5: Pretty much love at first sight. Well, I think by the time that he introduced her to mom, uh, I think he was pretty much done. He was off the market officially. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really.
10: (laughs) He was working as a nurse while she was a recently
5: divorced physician. Teresa hung the moon. She was a remarkable human being and very special, and that's the way Mark treated it from the beginning. You could, just, you could hear it in his voice.
10: They were married on the beach, surrounded by friends and family, including stepmother Jenny Weckelman.
7: It was a sunset wedding, and she had a beautiful gown. It was very nice. Was
10: he happy on that day? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was very happy. Six months later, their daughter, Josephine, was born. The Seavers built a large house in Bonita Springs, and in 2007, welcomed another daughter, Carmela. How did Mark feel about being a dad?
5: It was everything to him. They were his reason for,
9: for, for being.
10: How did Mark feel about
5: being a dad? It was everything to him.
1: They were his reason for, for, for being. His reason for being. Well, he, here's the kicker with that to Dr. Bethany Marshall. If you truly believe your children are your reason for being, and, and when I look at the twins, everything else I've ever done pales in comparison. The last thing you would do is to hurt their parent their father or their mother so you know i I find that a very warped view
7: well nancy there's a saying in my field idealization always leads to devaluation
1: okay wait a minute wait a minute dr bethany please don't throw a lot of big words (laughs) on us okay we're just mere mortals except for you and gallagher the rest of us are just regular peeps what did you just say
7: idealization leads to devaluation so People who are more sociopathic, which it appears Mark is, he he fits that profile, they tend to idealize their love objects at first, but the minute they get their feelings hurt or they feel betrayed or mistrustful, then they viciously devalue them. So when somebody comes into my office and says, oh, Dr. Marshall, you're so great, you're so wonderful, there's nobody like you. If they put me on a pedestal, they're going to knock me right off within a few days, so I think just because he thought she hung the moon doesn't mean he was able to sustain attachment and love. That's what I'm hearing. Well,
1: I got to agree with Jason Oceans on this thing, follow the money. Take a listen.
10: When investigators uncovered five life insurance policies for Teresa totaling more than $4 million, it was a red flag. So was that trip Mark made to Missouri to be Wainwright's best man. And as it turns out, the other suspect, Jimmy Ray Rogers, was also a wedding guest. Investigators wondered if that's where Mark hatched a plan with the two men. Taylor's Shoemaker, Jimmy's girlfriend, claimed this was a murder for hire and that Jimmy was supposed to be paid $10,000. And then I asked him how he was
0: making
5: money and it was murdering Mark's wife. He said that... Mark hired Wayne. Yes, and Wayne hired him.
0: Mark didn't know anything about Jimmy being hired. Where's
5: the money supposed to come from? Insurance from her
0: death.
5: Okay, did he ever evade?
1: paid? No. You're hearing Erin Moriarty, and you're hearing audio of an interview with a girlfriend, a girlfriend of Jimmy Rogers. You know, to Jason Oceans, New York defense attorney, we hear of husband-wife privilege, attorney-client privilege, priest-parishioner privilege, doctor-patient privilege. There is no boyfriend-girlfriend privilege. If you yak and blab to your girlfriend, you might as well just go ahead and write that in the indictment because nothing is going to keep that testimony out of evidence.
3: Well, that's for sure. And and just thinking of, and seemingly if he's admitted to being complicit in a murder, do you really, as you evaluate your relationship with the hammer, want to stay in that relationship? Right? Don't you want to get out yourself? Uh, so, exactly. No uh, no boyfriend-girlfriend privilege. No, uh, no contract. No nothing. So, let it all in.
6: I
1: mean, really, it's a, a story old as time. Dr. Tim Gallagher, medical examiner, state of Florida, when you get, let's just say, a mom, a wife murdered, or the husband, the father, I mean, how many times do you learn the spouse is involved?
3: Well, just two things to say before that, you know, and I empathize with you when you said that you were overwhelmed with your caseload when you were with the DA's department, and I'm glad that you found an avenue that gives the rest of us in Forensic a voice to express on this media. And the second thing is, uh, you know, these people had gone to Walmart to purchase their things. I don't know how many cases I had where just before a murder was committed or somebody became a victim that Walmart was involved. The last thing I did was make a purchase at Walmart, and I just want to – make a point that not a lot of nice things have been said about walmart but they do provide a lot of surveillance video and information that do bring a lot of these people to justice
1: <laughs> <laughs> dr gallagher you're so awesome i mean jeff Cortez, he's right i i i thank god at least every other week for target and walmart because i always say could learn a, th- a thing or two from them their surveillance video is so awesome I mean, I mean. Here's an, an example. Tot mom Casey Anthony. Dare I drag her into this? But there she is buying beer and push-up bras with a forged check. I think it was at Target. While little Kelly was quote missing quote. I mean, that's an example when um cherished periwinkle was abducted from a Walmart superstore. The video shows her killer walking out the door with her. I mean, I could go on and on and on about, as Dr. Gallagher says, Walmart uh, and and all of the supplies. You know, I I hate to, to give any tips, but do killers ever think of going, say, a week or a month ahead of time? Why is it the day of, the day before?
3: And they're always busted, Jason. Well, the crazy thing, Nancy, and I've always said this, uh, you know, just in the context of, you know, the criminal defense world, is most most criminals aren't smart. Uh, they might be opportunistic at times, uh, depending upon the crime, but they're not smart, and that's why they get caught. Uh, so, you know, continue to... Uh, surveil uh, to a to an extent in society, but yeah, uh, God bless Walmart for its cameras and
2: Target as well.
1: What about it, Cortezi? FBI? I guess the FBI is works hand-in-hand hand with Walmart and Target. They should.
2: Uh, it's it, it's funny that uh, Dr. Gallagher, Gallagher brought that up. I was thinking the same thing about Walmart <laughs> uh, uh, when, when we were learning of that. So, you know, absolutely right. Uh, Walmart's been a great partner as far as that. But, uh, you know, whether it's Safeway, any grocery store, CCTV is is uh is everywhere these days so i mean once we identify a person and or a, a, a location we could start working back from there and start piecing things together that you know a, after you look back on it you you can't help but looking off
1: cheryl mccollum please the shopping
4: list you gotta be
8: stupid to not realize you're using a credit card and your own camera and you have just left the hammer at the crime scene i mean these are geniuses that he has apparently employed to do the crime, he didn't have the spine to do.
1: Well, I mean, he, he may be a computer whiz, but he ain't that smart. He's not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Take a listen to this.
4: The children are uh, with the Tertes, and we have approved a home study for placement with them. Um, there are also other people that have come forward to act as respite caregivers for the children.
3: The investigation also revealed the existence of life insurance policies. Uh, an amount approaching $4.43 million. The affidavit also that the life insurance policy was in part motive.
10: Detectives still didn't have the proof they needed to connect Mark to his wife, Teresa's murder. And then, almost eight months after Teresa Severs was killed, Wayne Wright, facing a possible death sentence, suddenly turned on his brother from another mother and he took a deal. Mr. Wright, why are you pleading guilty today to second degree murder? Wayne admitted killing Teresa.
3: I'm, I'm pleading guilty uh, because of my role in the planning and participating of the murders, Teresa Sievers.
10: And he accused Mark Sievers of being the mastermind. That's all police needed. Mark, did government? you hire Wayne Wright to kill your wife? Mark Seavers was charged with the murder of his wife. Did you hire anyone to kill your wife?
1: Bombshell court documents that we have obtained allege Teresa Seavers' cash-strapped husband hired her killers to get $4.5 million dollars life insurance policy. To Amanda Hall, WINK-TV, Fort Myers, Where does the case stand now? Well,
6: Nancy, the case is scheduled to go to trial today, Um, but that's for Mark Seavers and Jimmy Rogers. They're both scheduled to start trial at the same time under the same judge. So obviously that's not going to happen, but what's unclear is whose trial is going to start first?
1: We wait as justice unfolds. We will have eyes and ears in that Florida courtroom as we seek justice for Dr. Teresa Seavers and her two little girls. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: nancy for an additional fifty dollars off mattresses and select goods that's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy thanks lisa mattress for being our partner pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible easy breathe are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room office playroom or home gym Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.